Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, now the guy we're bringing on tonight, um, not only is this Timothy's forte, but this is also a part of the world that he knows a lot about, spent a lot of time there. He's uh, familiar with the locals, and uh, just so you don't, for those of you out there who are watching for the first time, I've got Timothy Alberino in the description, uh, timothyalberino.com in the description of this episode, an explorer whose research has led him all over the world in search of lost cities, civilizations, hidden treasure, and legendary creatures. We might be talking about a new crop of legendary creatures with this latest story, but uh, his latest book, Birthright, it is a prophetic transhumanist bestseller, and I think you should go out and check it out. He's joining us right now. What is going on, Tim? It's great to have you back. Hey, Frank. What's up? Oh, nothing much. Well, I guess I should be asking you that because there is a lot, a lot happening in your, what I would say is your neck of the woods, Peru. It was my neck of the woods at one time. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, let's just put it this way. There's a lot of people who may not have heard this. So, give us a brief timeline of events for those who know nothing, and then we'll get right into the latest developments. Okay. Uh, so, we're talking about an incident that happened in the village of San Antonio which is located in Alto, Nan Alto Nanay, the district of Alto Nanay, which is northwest of Iquitos. It's inhabited by the Iquitu tribe. Uh, this is a very intense Amazon jungle, Peruvian Amazon jungle. Uh, the incident began to occur sometime mid-July and, and continued through at least the first week of August. Um, it began when a 15-year-old girl was nearly abducted by strange beings uh, from her village, she was able to scream before passing out. In other words, these entities, one of these entities apparently grabbed her. Uh, she, she tussled with it for a few seconds and then she, she passed out. Um, and her scream alerted the villagers who came to see what was going on. They found her unconscious and she sustained lacerations to her neck during the altercation with the entities. Um, and when she came to, she was in a state of shock, abject shock for, for I, I believe, a few hours. Um, so the villagers began to run around the jungle and try and find the perpetrators, presumably human perpetrators, that attempted to abduct this girl from their village. And what they found instead, in their words, were seven foot tall extraterrestrials arrayed in silver armored bodysuits. They likened them to the, the Green Goblin from Spider-Man in that they were wearing armored bodysuits. And they also make references to masks. Uh, they said that, they, that these entities had shoes like circular shoes, in other words, shoes with discs on the bottom that project a red light with which they are able to float off the ground and then also to ascend into the air. And apparently these entities are bulletproof because they have discharged their firearms at them. The villagers have discharged their firearms at these alleged extraterrestrials at point-blank range to no 
effect. And these entities also would disappear right in front of them uh, in the manner of, uh, as you said, the predator creature from the movie. Hmm. Um, so th this was ongoing. The These entities, whatever they were, were apparently... Uh, were apparently invading this village, let's say, or at least observing this village uh, for for multiple nights, for a sequence of nights, let's say, uh, for a few weeks, during for the duration of a few weeks. And the villagers were terrorized. There's, there's, uh, there's a handful of videos out there from these villagers that they filmed themselves on cell phones. One of them, you can see the villagers running around in a state of panic, firing into the jungle with shotguns and rifles. The women and children are huddled in the middle of the village uh, in a state of terror. And in one of the videos, you can see a, a gentleman with a flashlight at nighttime, and he's flashing the flashlight around the, the jungle, around the village, into the, rather, he's flashing the flashlight into the forest around the jungle, around the village. And he trains the light on this thing up in this tree. And he begins to yell in Spanish, there it is, there it is. And, and, and there's great commotion around this because they're looking at something in this tree. And apparently this is the thing or, or the things that have been terrorizing them. And I'm going to contend to you, uh, I'm going to contend rather that these entities that this man manages to capture on film are in fact tall gray aliens. Now whether they're whether they're holographs or whatever we can discuss, but they appear to be tall gray aliens, indeed seven foot tall with very large bulbous heads, almond shaped black eyes. You can see at least two of them in the footage. If you slow it down, look at it frame by frame. They're not static. They are looking around these entities, these tall grays. Um, you might describe them as insectolins or mantis-like creatures or, or, or mantid-type creatures. And so apparently these are the things that have been terrorizing the villagers. Um, they made a formal request, indeed a demand, to the Peruvian government that it send immediately send the Navy to protect this village from these extraterrestrial assailants. The Navy responded came to the village, conducted an investigation, quote-unquote, conducted an investigation, and determined that, in fact, this village has been assaulted, not by extraterrestrials, rather by illegal gold miners equipped with state-of-the-art jetpacks. Wait, this... Wait. And, and bulletproof armoring. Wait, wait this, is an, this is the official... Who are, funded, who are funded by the cartels. Official... This is an official, not, not police, official military statement? Are you serious? This was the Navy's conclusion. Probably, probably in conjunction with the, with the police. But, but this is the official narrative, as, as fantastical as it sounds. Now, you will find different coverage of this story in, in the in, in South America, especially in Peru. Sometimes they're they're excluding the jetpack park part and they're just gonna say it was illegal miners. But this the story, whatever story was going to be concocted, whatever prosaic explanation was going to be concocted, had to account for the apparent ability of these entities, of these beings, to fly or to levitate through the jungle. Because this was a clear detail. I mean this was this is not 
up for debate as far as the villagers are concerned. These entities float off the ground and can, can ascend into the air, um, and they do so at night in the thick canopy of the jungle, mind you. Um, and so whatever story was going to be concocted, let's say, to cover this up, if indeed that's what happened, it would have to account for that detail. And so this, this jetpack detail, this, this, this jetpack element was thrown into the story to try and... Uh, maybe to try and calm down the Peruvian populace. I don't know. <laughs> I think what we're looking at is one of the most ridiculous cover-ups in real time that we've ever seen as it relates to the topic of UFOs. I mean, this is way beyond swamp gas and weather balloons and, and, and flocks of birds or whatever. This is circus ridiculous. Yes. Uh, uh, now... I was keeping up with that. I did see the video, uh, the, the flashlight being trained on the on the interior of this forest around the village. I, you know, it was very grainy. Uh, I can see how some people would. I, I don't know. Maybe I got to look at whatever you you were able to uh, put aside and really. I know train in on. It was hard for me to really make it out. But I have I you seen the video on my the video that I published? Um, I saw this one on TikTok. This I know the one you're okay, talking. So I published a video on this. It almost got a million views in three days, and it's still up on my website, although YouTube has age-restricted it at this point. Um, I'll go check it out. Maybe I can go grab it right now. Yeah, we slow the video down. We, we pull out some frames, and again, I'm going to contend that what we're looking at is the typical gray alien, albeit a seven-foot-tall gray alien being. Normally, these entities are, are quite small, three to four feet tall, and this is... These are these are obviously very large. See, when you talk about this, the hologram, the hologram uh, situation. When you when you talk about the the way that they're moving around, that they're uh, they are they're there, then they're not there. And whether or not, somebody said, is it a drone? Is it hanging a sheet? Is it is it a prank? I mean, drones and all that stuff. You fire a shotgun at that, and it's gone. The fact that they are taking on you know uh, buckshot. At a at point blank range. Point, yeah, I mean, this is that's something really serious. They, do, I see you're wondering, is it hologram? Is it something that's been projected, or the translucency of this whole thing? That's something that reminds me of the stories that are collected at Skinwalker Ranch as well. Yes, it, uh, yes, it, it is reminiscent of the Skinwalker Ranch affair. Although, keep in mind that it began with the uh, the attempted abduction of this 15 year old girl. Mm -hmm. uh, is it possible that? <laughs> this 15-year-old girl was, there was an attempted abduction by illegal minors. And then this incident just so happened to correspond, happened to coincidentally occur uh, within the same time frame. That's also a possibility, I suppose. But it, it is important to point out that, that the cartels and the illegal minors, and when we say minors, we're not talking about the kind of miners who dig into the side of a mountain. We're talking about river miners. So they're, they're looking for gold in the river. They're mining gold in the rivers. They dump mercury in the rivers. It's very destructive. It completely pollutes the rivers for, for years. I've seen it myself, and it pollutes the drinking water. It causes all kinds of problems in the jungle. And the villagers are constantly at war with these illegal miners, um, river miners. And... And so I'm familiar with this situation, and they have, the miners have used tactics in the past, and, and, and the cartels, scare tactics, tactics um, to terrorize the villagers to try and drive them out of the area. Because in, in this region of Peru, 
in this in the jungle around Iquitos, there are uh, a bunch of different native tribes, and, and each of these native tribes, they have their own territories that the government has given them, has allotted to them, much like reservations here in the United States, although a little bit different there than a reservation. But they have their territories, right? Their, their tribal lands, let's say. And, and they, they have the rights to these lands. And, and anyone who wants to come in and, let's say, run a, a petroleum pipe through their lands has to deal with them, has to make a deal with them. And these are not cowards. These jungle people are not cowards. They, they're contending with, with Petro Peru, the, 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 the largest petroleum company in Peru. They're contending with, constantly contending with illegal miners, illegal, illegal uh, what would you call them, lumberjacks. Um, and, and with the cartels running drugs, because the cartels run, run drugs up to Ecuador through the Amazon, through way up these, up these rivers. I mean, you're talking about, th these areas are very remote. Mm -hmm. You can't get to them but by boat. Um, and so that situation does exist, and, and, and uh, I, would, I would be the first to acknowledge that, that that situation does exist. And I believe it's true that miners have dressed up like different legendary creatures in the jungle to try and scare these natives away from their, away from their territories. Um, however, however, the villagers in this video, uh, in this town, and, in, and who are represented in these videos, are adamant that these beings are not human, A, B, that they, they, they never mention jetpacks, they never mention any kind of, uh, you know, loud, uh, the, the kind of uh, ruckus that a jetpack would make I, I in was, the jungle. That, that was, Tim, that was going to be the next thing I asked you. I said, you, you're talking about jetpacks, but the, the sound of rocket propulsion is very distinct. Are we talking about silent anti-gravitic technology on display? Well, well, rocket propulsion or or you have now these little platforms that are are like drones and they just use propellers but e those are super loud and they and they they would just blow the the foliage and the and the vegetation would just be very disturbed uh in, when those things are in operation so so we have we have three possibilities here okay we have a the 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 story that the navy is pushing in peru that these are gold miners, nay, gold miners with state-of-the-art jetpacks terrorizing the villagers at nighttime. Then you have the possibility that these are actually some sort of non-human entities uh, that are terrorizing this village, tall greys, let's say. Then you have the possibility that what we're looking at is some sort of a military operation, a, a PSYOP, uh, using either high technology, advanced technology that, that nobody knows about, like a super secret jetpack technology that would be silent, that, that, that w perhaps special operators who've been practicing with these things can maneuver in the jungle at nighttime and so forth, or, or holographic technology that's being deployed uh, by, by uh, I don't know, uh, elements of the military. Uh, and if it's if it's holographic technology, then it's at least guys also dressed up in suits. Because remember, there's a 15 year old girl that was nearly abducted, and that's how this thing began. And she sustained lacerations it, to the neck. It, yeah. So yeah, there's physical so contact if, if there. If it's holographic, if it's holographic, it's holographic and uh, some sort of special ops, top secret techno uh, jet propulsion technology that you can that you can wear, you know, either in the shoes or or backpacks or whatever. So out of out of those three options. I think most of us can agree that the 
that the jetpack miners is probably the least probable yes. <laughs> of those three. I, that would be the one that would, I think would be the most fantastical, far-fetched. Yeah. No, for, for all the same, yeah, for all the reasons like what you already said, um, especially the sound, and then even when it comes to hologra- uh, holographic images, projected images, I think about that too, but then there has to be a time where it materializes and you're actually able to make physical contact with a uh, with a girl or or anybody, uh, but then again, you need to be able to dematerialize and allow a shotgun blast to pass right through you. So, so the first thing I started thinking about again is the the kind of similarities to these types of uh, encounters and creatures that were witnessed not only on Skinwalker Ranch but in other instances when people like David Politis would um, would have people hunters talk about what they survived during encounters in the woods and, and things like that during his Missing 411 series. So uh, th- that's where my mind went to. I was just... A, let's, let's be even more specific. Let's reference the most recent incident, which was the Vegas incident. I was going to bring that up too. Good. The Vegas incident that happened on the last night of May. Um, and we're all familiar with that incident. I think I even talked about it on your program. Um, but but the Vegas incident, there's, a, there, there's some footage from that incident that I believe is authentic. no. And, and, and I have my reasons for believing it's authentic. And uh, this, uh, rather, this footage depicts um, what, I would, what I would describe as a tall, gray alien or insectiloid, insectiloid creature, insectiloid creature, a, a, a mantoid, a mantis-like creature with a very large head, bulbous head, almond, almond black eyes, almond-shaped black eyes, uh, exactly the same creature we see in the jungle precisely the same and everybody's you know i read in the comments everybody's looking for this video it's hard to find because there's a couple other videos that that are out there that muddy the waters and at least one of those other videos is is completely fake it's a total cgi hack job um the other one has to do with a fence it's focused on the fence but there's a third video that blows up the frames before they cut the cameras the news crew as they're going into the backyard in vegas they cut the camera before they cut the camera someone was able they were able to inadvertently capture something when you blow up those frames you can see behind that forklift uh, or whatever that thing is somebody told me it's not forklift whatever it is behind that machinery you see a very tall insectiline mantis like being like a, like a large gray alien the exact same thing you see in the trees and and look you're not going to get like a 4k picture of this thing so everybody needs to stop complaining about the pixelation it, it is what it is number one um the the villagers are using crappy smartphones to get this footage at nighttime in low lights okay that's the first thing and the second thing with the vegas is uh that that they, they weren't trying to film anything in the backyard they were cutting the cameras the, the camera lens was focused on the guys walking into the backyard not on the backyard that's why it's low res and grainy because we're blowing something up in the background and when you do that uh, i'm absolutely convinced that we see this insectiline creature now is it cgi did somebody tamper with the footage i don't know i, I don't know but i'm just saying that this creature is apparent in both the Vegas incident footage and the and the Peru village incident footage. It's there. I, I was going to ask if there was that link between the two, and because I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know what the, the description was in the Vegas thing, and that was really just a a two week 
run in the media, and then we stopped hearing about it. And, of course, it, it, like you said before, you either get something grainy, and we're like, wow, why are these things never clear? If we got something in 4K, we would say this is, an, this is obviously CGI. It's too clear. So I think we need something. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that is, ex, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, let, let me tie these two incidents together by referencing the late Phil Schneider. And I'm sure you're from, I think we've talked about Phil Schneider before yeah. on your show. People can have whatever opinion they want of Phil Schneider. I happen, I happen to believe that he was telling the truth as he understood it. And I have, re again, reasons to believe that we can, we can, have a, we can spend uh, another hour some other time just talking about Phil Schneider and deep underground military bases. But it, Phil Schneider gives, in, in one of his, uh, and I put this in my video, by the way, on YouTube, in, in one of his presentations, Phil Schneider discusses the Dulce Wars. And the Dulce Wars were allegedly this conflict that happened under the ground between elements of the United States military and private contractors who were combating these alien entities under the ground. And what were the alien entities that they were combating, according to Phil Schneider? They were literally, he says this, seven-foot-tall greys. Seven-foot-tall gray aliens. And then he... And then he he tells a story in which he's employed um, he's employed in the construction of a deep underground military base at Dulce, and as as they're blowing out these chambers, they run into some problems. I won't go through all the details, but they pull up the drill and and then and they need to send somebody down to see what's going on. So they lowered Phil Schneider, who's a geologist, down in a basket with a green beret, and they they lowered them down in the basket. And Phil Schneider says when he got down there at the bottom. He encountered like a nest, I think he even says that, uh, of, of seven-foot-tall gray aliens. He describes them as, as, as being very grotesque. He describes the, the foul odor that they were e emitting. And then he talks about how uh, he was able to, to, to pull out his pistol and shoot one of them. And, and the, the, the entity, one of these entities, he killed one, and then another one waved its hand in front of its chest, and, and some sort of a, a laser hit Phil, yeah. and and he says it, it crispy crittered him. It, it it toasted his, it just it burned off a couple of his fingers and his toes. It gave him cancer, and these entities killed the the green beret who was with him, um, who hit the button to to raise the basket, and he died. These entities uh, uh, killed him probably with the same kind of technology that they hit Phil with. So that's the story. You can believe it or not believe it, but that's that's part of Phil Schneider's testimony. He was murdered. He did not tie that catheter around his own neck. Somebody else did. He was murdered. And so was his friend Ron Rummel, who, was, who had his brains blown out in public, okay, before Phil was killed. Phil Schneider's wife, I don't know if she's still living, but uh, uh, confirmed his story time and time again after Phil's death. And so uh, that's very interesting correlation because Phil Schneider was the first that I know of to talk about seven-foot-tall gray aliens. And what are we encountering in Vegas? And what are we encountering in the Amazon? Apparently, seven-foot-tall gray aliens. Again, holographs, uh, holograms, or, or some other kind of technology. Maybe it's people dressed up in whatever. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that's what I see in the footage. Well, here's a question based on that then. Uh, Phil Schneider, and I've, I've, I've watched all of the uh, the public 
presentations he's done in the 90s, and we put it on the, the network at night as well. So I've listened to these very same testimonials from him. Um, how Obviously, he encountered this nest. He and the Green Beret, one guy didn't make it out. He was pretty badly injured. Um, but there was this, uh, this exchange, and they had a technology that was a little bit more advanced than a 9-millimeter pistol. Um, how do you think that these shotgun-toting Peruvian villagers survived this kind of encounter if they really are uh, they, they are built like the Predator? You know, they have, they have this, this shiny armor. And they... well, well, Phil Schneider said one of the things that he would stress is they are mortal and they do die. That's something he wanted to stress. Now, he encountered these entities in a different situation. They were not being assaulted by these entities. Rather, they drilled right on top of them. So mm. they lowered this basket into, let's, let's say, a more casual environment. In other words, these tall grays were not assaulting them. They were just doing whatever they were doing under the grounds. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say they probably did not, they were probably not equipped with the body armor in that instance but but as they're assaulting this village at night in the amazon assuming it's gray aliens i'm not saying it is assuming it is biological gray entities gray alien entities they would they would have been equipped with with whatever technology and body armor that would have protected them from what they would have surely known was in was was small arms fire from you know, they would have, let's say this, they would have had the appropriate gear to protect themselves from shotguns and rifles that they probably knew that the villagers wielded. Mm. And so these are two different environments. One, they're caught by surprise, probably not wearing that equipment. And two, they're strategically doing something, invading this village. But, but they're not really invading, are they? Because if they wanted to, I'm sure they could probably just kill everybody. So they're doing something else there. Then that's really the, let's assume for a moment that these are indeed biological entities, that these are indeed gray aliens, tall grays. Um, what, what in the world were they doing? Because they, what, an attempted, an attempted abduction of a 15-year-old girl? And then what? They're just sort of hanging out in the trees? Uh, this story is bizarre. Everything about it is bizarre. The, the cover story from the Navy and all the details from the villagers, it, it's just the whole thing is just Ill illogical. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, at least to me as a casual observer. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the Navy did not go uh, and make this any easier to understand with that, that nonsense. But um, I would like to shift gears just a little bit, though it is related. But I'm going to be tapping into your uh, eschatology section of your your brain now the end times because i had a i had a member of this audience who uh claims to have been a lifelong ufo contactee get in touch with me i hadn't heard from her in a couple of years and she got in touch with me and she said first she gave me a rapture date which i understand is always a up for debate and and some people don't just reject it out of hand and then it's just something to look forward to to have a little fun with whatever she gave me a judgment day said it was going to be september 25th of next year uh, but then uh, uh, attached to that was this tim she said that this is why they are talking about ufos right now i wanted to explain everything about my experience but i can't now that made me think about a thread that this guy I follow on Twitter, his name is Donnie Darkened. Now, he comes from a standpoint, he comes from a, you know, almost like a you know, uh, severe red pill standpoint where Donald Trump is 
is the beast. Donald Trump is is the antichrist and all that stuff. He's not he's not a liberal per se, but I you know I I, I follow him because I think it's very. I, I think the uh, the end of the world threads are pretty interesting. Anyway, he said this, and this had to do with Space Force. He said, one year ago, I said that we would see the UFO narrative unfold very soon. Uh, but the theory wasn't that it was a government deception of secret technology or Bloombeam or anything like that, Timothy. The theory was that the wicked witches in power at the moment are preparing the world for the invasion of Jesus Christ and his armies at the second coming, who will likely, they will likely say it's an alien threat, and hopefully, by deceiving people into rejecting it all, could uh, can can ruin their chances of salvation. So what do you think about that that idea that, that the um that there is a an oncoming oncoming reconquering of the world by Jesus Christ and his in his armies, but there is a lot of people at home that are, are going to try to pin this as a, a fake alien invasion. Could it be a double swap a double uh, swap like that? Okay, well, um, I postulate something like that in my book Birthright. I believe that what we are facing is a legitimate alien threat, whether or not this thing in the jungle is is credible. We are facing a legitimate alien threat. There is a legitimate alien threat. And this is the problem I have with the PSYOP narrative. Everybody says Project Blue Bean, Project Blue Bean, but the problem is there are real non-human entities with whom we are interfacing, especially abductees. Okay, So there is an alien threat. It exists. It's not human beings. Um, the greys do exist. I'll just say it definitively. Grey aliens do exist. Full stop. So... Uh, we have a problem already because there's a hybridization program. They're, they are, uh, they're using the wombs of, of our females to incubate their hybrid fetuses. And, and these hybrid beings who David Jacobs describes or dubs uh, advanced human-alien hybrids or hubrids are, are integrating into human society on some level. That's a threat. Okay, that's a real problem because, because this is a covert uh, conquest. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conflict that's already under, underway. It's at least a Cold War. And remind me to, and I don't know how much time we have left, but remind, remind me to mention the interesting uh, training activities happening in Peru with various nations. But... Um, so at the very least, there's a cold war going on between the greys and human beings in the sense that the greys are abducting people against their will, uh, using the wombs of our females to incubate their hybrid offspring and, and, and then integrating these human alien hybrids into society without our knowledge. That's hostile activity, no matter how you cut it. That's hostile activity. Okay, so we have a problem. There is an alien threat. And I believe that at some point in time, uh, I don't know when, I don't know in what context, and I don't know who's going to break the news. But at some point in time, as this slow roll of disclosure continues to, to happen, to, 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 to gradually drip, uh, we will be told about the gray alien threat. I believe, because as I always say, the government can't control the phenomenon. They can only control the narrative. They can't control what the entities are doing. The entities are going to do whatever they want. 
whatever factions are out there, whatever non-human factions are out there, they're going to do whatever they're going to do, whether or not we approve of it. Are we in collaboration with them to some extent? Maybe. I, I tend to think that elements of the human species, a breakaway civilization, as my colleague Richard Dolan would call them, uh, maybe MJ-12, maybe Majestic-12 is still in, in, in the game and, and is, is orchestrating something behind the scenes in regard to cooperation with these beings. But uh, no matter what the scenarios that one could concoct, we have a problem. I believe that that threat is going to be made known, and I believe it's going to require a global response to have any chance at all to combat it. Now, I'm not in any way endorsing this scenario. In other words, I'm not saying let's all get together and fight gray aliens because I believe that the elites are going to use this threat to consolidate power in a new world order. And this is, so it's a real threat that they're going to use to consolidate power. We are going to be faced with this enemy uh, who is who far outpaces us technologically, and we are going to need to be delivered from this threat. And so uh, I believe that the scenario that you laid out that that, 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 that that person in your audience described, I think is close to the mark. But what I would say is those who come to save us and deliver us from this gray alien threat are the ones that we ought to be the most suspicious of. Hmm. Because I believe that we are going to at some point in time, and I, and I think the Vatican, as I always say, is already all over this, we are going to be receiving alien savior, saviors, extraterrestrial saviors. We are, we are going to be saved from this threat. And, and that is going to usher in, I believe, much of what we read about in the book of Revelation. And this is, of course, all laid out in my book. So anyone who wants to, to dig deeper into this, in, in, into this hypothesis can find it... Um, can, can find it exhaustively discussed in my book. Um, so you so so, so, I, so, Timothy, so I believe that those just to finish my thought. I believe that those who are coming first to save us that that is going to be indeed this person that we describe as the Antichrist, the man of sin, who will come in the place of Christ as a savior and will be received as 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 Christ returning to deliver us from this this great evil. Um, and, and that that's when the real deception gets kicked into gear. And then, because I think, you know, in the future, we're, we're moving into a post-human future. That's a whole other discussion, but it dovetails with the UFO thing. It's very important to keep that in mind. The artificial intelligence and the, and the genetic revolution that's just getting underway and post-humanism is, is going to dovetail with this UFO phenomenon and with the alien presence. And, and we are going into a post-human condition and so we're heading towards an event called Armageddon. And Armageddon is not just a conflict with Israel. Rather, it is, as, you're, as that person described, a kinetic war with Christ returning to the earth to vanquish the beast. And, and so I do project a war. I do see this war happening. But I think a lot of other things are going to unfold first. And we are going to be in a post-human condition on planet Earth. And it's going to be like a sci-fi movie. Mm. So, so you don't don't necessarily believe that 
the stuff that we're being prepped for and what whatever's going on right now, UFOs, little little pockets, the, the, the next thing that comes, it's not going to be a heavenly host. That there actually is going to be a a great unveiling of of what's going on, and then sometime. My whole thing about this, Timothy, is why I would hope that the great battle from that comes from heaven. You know, I, you would you would hope that that would come before you know we all become cyborgs to try to prevent no, that. No, I, I, well, 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 the battle comes at the end. Yeah, Armageddon is okay. uh, Armageddon is the end game. Okay, those who are coming to deliver us from this alien threat, and again, that's the scenario that I see unfolding. Now, whether it will or not, I don't know, but that's my hypothesis. Those who come to deliver us from the alien threat will be received as the return of Christ, that these, this is the Maitreya. These beings, in, 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 in stark contrast to these, these, these the gray aliens and these, these mantis-like insectolins, these very exotic extraterrestrial creatures, you're, you're going to have these beautiful human-like beings who are going to deliver us, who are going to vanquish our enemies, save mankind, and then lead us, I think, into the final phase of our directed evolution out of Adam and into a post-human condition, and then, and then we will follow them into war with, uh, with God, really, with the Son of God returning to the earth. So that is what I, again, what I postulate in my book, In Birthright. Um, it's very detailed, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very, very detailed, so it's, it's, it takes a long time to really unpack it properly. No, I, I, I know, and you, and you do a really great, uh, great job in that book, uh, bringing, it to, bringing it to life. But I, I, gotta, I guess, I guess uh, in thinking about that scenario, I don't know how anyone could really mistake, or maybe they could, holographic laser light show for the actual second coming. Um, I, I would, I know that some people, when we've talked on certain nights, when we talk about demonic possession, uh, even some people who, who know of the, of the, uh, of the subject very intimately will say that the devil or any other kind of possessing spirit can come in the form of Jesus can be deceptive in that way that can, can try to, to deceive someone in that respect. So if, if that could actually be done on a more planetary level, of course, that is the the crux of Bluebeam. It wasn't just a UFO uh, UFO invasion that they were, that they you know uh, I, theoretically were trying to see if they can pull off on the the, the large population populace of the the planet. But it was also whether or not they can fake a second coming, and um, and I I just don't know how many people are going to go for it and where where that leaves us. Well, I suppose in this day and age, you can fake anything. Um, but as I mentioned before, we, we have a problem in that we have a real alien threat to deal with. And, and I want to stress that I, I do believe that assuming that these entities in the jungle are real, because everybody, there's so many people now who say, oh, that story was debunked. It was minors. <laughs> it was minors. Nobody addresses the footage because those weren't minors up in that tree. Those aren't minors hanging up there, uh, hanging out up in that tree at, in point, ba- point blank range. From the village okay those aren't miners i'm sorry that's something else and i do believe that what we're looking at are are some sort of non-human biological creatures now they may be biologic 
slash cybernetic, biological cybernetics, you know, a combination of a combination of tissue and technology, let's say. Um, that's very possible. There may even be some advanced artificial intelligence involved here. And maybe they're androids of some kind. But these are not, and, and setting aside the, the, the possibility that we're looking at holographic projections, um, these are not ethereal creatures. These are physical creatures. You know, again, according to Phil Schneider, they are immortal and they do die. And I would affirm that. And that's why we have, that's why we have, in the words of, of David Grush, we've recovered biologics from the crash retrievals. Because these beings are mortal and they do die. So um, I, there's this, there's this, uh, this impulse to, to try and make the phenomenon ethereal, to try and, to try and process it as anything other than a physical experience. In other words, these vill villagers are actually being assaulted by physical beings, mm -hmm. uh, physical non-human beings. And, and I think at this point in time, with, with everything that's coming out, the whistleblowers and what we know in regard to the absolute verity of the UFO phenomenon. In other words, in other words, these things exist. They're physical. They're real. We don't control them, and it's not us. At least many of them. We know that now. There's no argument there. We know that now, and those who would dispute those facts are just uh, willfully ignorant at this point. So there is a very physical, technological component to this phenomenon that is not human. Okay, and and that that has to be, in my mind, that has to be part of the equation. And wh whenever we're talking about these kind of topics, that has to be part of the equation. So, and 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 before I forget, um, it is interesting that there's that during the last uh, couple of months, uh, and in twenty and in twenty twenty three in general, there's a there's been a. A, a joint military operation underway in Peru called Res Resolute Sentinel 23. And I'll just read what the article says. The third edition of the training exercise in Southcom, Southern Command, involves roughly 1,000 personnel from the Air Force, Space Force, Army, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and eight partner nations, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Great Britain, Brazil, Chile, Panama, and Uruguay. This project began in 2021 it has been ongoing. This year, they were doing missions in, in, in July. Some of the missions were in the region where this happened. And, uh, and, and this has been ongoing, as I said, for the last few months. So, so we have military in the area. We have this, and, and we need to keep in mind that if the government, let's say, let's, 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 let's concoct the most fantastical movie script scenario that we can think of regarding this event okay let's say that you do have an extraterrestrial or at least a non-human hostile presence in the amazon and it's become it's burgeoning it's becoming problematic and, it, and problematic and it has to be dealt with what do you do you can't just go in there blow in there with 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 jet fighters and battleships you have to have a cover you have to have a cover, and you have to work with the nations that, that uh, A, have the kind of technology that you're going to need, i.e., the United States and the U.K., and then you have to work with the nations that, whose borders are intersecting with this situation, and, and that would be 
Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Brazil, and then Chile and Panama and Uruguay are, are three other countries that aren't touching this particular area, but they might be bringing something to the table. For example, jungle fighters, special ops jungle guys. So, so this is the most fantastical scenario. I'm not saying this is happening, but it, but it could be. So this whole operation could be a cover for an actual hot war with non-human entities in the Amazon jungle. Well, let me ask you real quick, a real quick question, because we are running out of time, but you said the technology you, you would need to be able to face off with these things in the jungle, you would need ba battleships and all that, but if they are not, if they're impervious to shotgun, obviously projectile weapons are probably not the thing. Are we talking about, I don't know, it sounds like you would need a Ghostbuster to go down there with oh. the... Well, this would just be the cover story. So what you would have under the radar, this is this is for everybody to see. This is the big show. We're doing these training exercises, right? This is the dog and pony show. But under the radar, you would have special ops teams with, with, with let's say, secret advanced technology that are going in under the radar. These special ops teams that may be in possession of advanced, uh, of very advanced um uh, Jetpack technology that's silent and that can be maneuvered through a thick canopy jungle. Uh, get, that can be maneuvered through the thick canopy of the jungle in the dark of night. Okay, I can go with that. So, so maybe, maybe, and this is a big maybe. I said this is the most fantastical movie script scenario that I can think of right now. Maybe what we're looking at is a huge cover story for a hot war. Maybe we're looking at another Dulce-based type war unfolding in the Amazon right now, and they're throwing all these distractions at us to try and, you know, take everybody's, and I wouldn't even say take everybody's attention off because everybody's attention is squarely on this region of the Amazon right now with this incident. But who knows how that would factor in? Mm -hmm. That could be a PSYOP situation that these advanced um, uh, commandos are, have perpetrated themselves for some reason, or it could be a legitimate it could be a legitimate non-human attack on this village and the very phenomenon that they're all there to combat, right? So so there's well, all we can do is sit here and speculate thousands yeah. of miles away with what little information we have. But but that is the most fantastical movie script scenario that that could be true. And, you know, it's probably unlikely, but it, but it could be true. Yeah, it could be. The PSYOP scenario, that's the first thing I thought. I said, what are they testing on these poor villagers there? They want to see whether or not they'll respond, how it responds to actually getting some kind of an attack, a return fire, things like that. Hey, I, that's the first thing I went to because obviously it's just you never know when the the, uh, the, the, the the curtain is really going to drop and everything's really going to be, if it's going to happen at all. Maybe we're going to see it in our lifetimes, Timothy. Anyway, you've been making the rounds on this and other things lately. Your YouTube channel is alive and kicking. Uh, everything you post is getting hundreds of thousands of views. And, and I, I just wonder what you got coming up next so people can go check it out. I already have timothyalberino.com in the description. But let us know what's coming up next. Uh, I'm working on some some literary projects right now, um, and then of course I have an event in Costa Rica. I'm actually going on a little expedition in Guatemala, but that's a little private thing that I'm doing. Um, and uh, other things are in the works, but yeah, I mean I've been I've been I've, I've kind of just become in the last week I've become the the Peru alien jungle guy, or the Peru jungle alien guy. 
and so, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to talk about this story. And what's very interesting is that this story just exploded all of a sudden in social media. And, you know, I did this half-assed video on it, me and my buddy Doug Thornton, and it just exploded unexpectedly. And, and then all of a sudden, as soon as that minor story came out, it went quiet. Like people were buying the minor story. So as ridiculous as it is, uh, apparently people are buying it because the this, this, this story's really died down. Certainly the Peruvian press is satisfied at this point with that story uh, and the American press as well. It's an incredible um, story. Incredible story. That, that, that yeah, could but be I've just been consumed in this for the last week, and but I've had, I have other things coming. Um, track You can track with me on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Timothy Albrino's uh, Twitter, same thing, Timothy Albrino, and Instagram. Uh, sign up for my mailing list on timothyalbrino.com. Well, it's it's been great to have you back for this special report, Timothy. I can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much for having me back, Frank. All right, be well. There he goes, Timothy Alberino, back into the wilderness of Montana. Boy.